shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for strength but for your strength to be revealed tonight that your strength to be made known in our weakness let strength be given tonight Lord. help us Father help us Father help us Thank you, our Father. Give you all the praise. Give you all the praise. All glory, all honor. All at the 
be to you, be to your name. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do and what you will do tonight. Thank you. We give you all the praise. Give you all the praise. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Uh, I'm happy to see us tonight. We've yet to the sound, so I think we're good now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So thank God for the grace and mercy to be here tonight. Uh, thank uh, thank uh, each and everyone for being here. Um, for helping us to... Uh, can you please let me take that? Okay. For some reason it's distracting me. <laughs> Amen. We can put it here. Okay. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I want to thank us for, for being here tonight and um, for uh, helping to to bring forth the word. Amen. So uh, I appreciate that. I also appreciate Kelvin for helping us with the prayer. Thanking us for uh, thank, thanking you for helping us to 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 offer prayers and it's good to be it's good to be prayerful uh in this season that we are in we should pray as much as we can amen um and it's in this season i know i think also um as like pastor jeff was also saying yesterday uh regarding you know in the season that we are in this where satan wants to reap some away like there'll be a falling away and uh he's going to use anything possible um offense and uh, distractions one of the things that i know satan does is he will bring all kinds of things to distract things might be going nowhere and all of a sudden something will just spring up out of nowhere he's satan because he wants to distract Satan wants to, uh, to you know, there's a, he has he has a way of getting the heart yeah. in combat with things, such that the heart won't have strength for the things of God uh, as it should. You know, Satan Satan hates souls that are that are gunning for God. Satan hates such. He does not like that. So he will do anything to make sure that we are all distracted. You know, it might be like, I see, maybe we are in a bubbly and all of a sudden, something will just happen just to distract. Amen. But Amen. I trust that uh, the Lord will keep us strong. Amen. Let's remain prayerful. Let's not be distracted. Let's not be uh, tired in doing well, right? Mm -hmm. 
So the scripture says that those who patient continuance, right? Uh-huh. Patient continuance inherit glory. Patient continuance in well doing. Mm-hmm. Patient continuance in well doing. Uh, the uh, oh, what's that scripture? Uh, it, uh, it's glory, honor. Uh, Romans, Abi. Romans, Romans two seven. Right. Continuant in well doing. Seek for okay. For glory and honor and immortality and eternal life. That should be our our testimony, whereby we, with patient continuance, we continually seek for what is important. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, uh, I believe we're all blessed on on Saturday, right? And uh, I think on Saturday we just answered a question. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we answered a question. And I think we, we answered a question concerning uh, our inheritance, right? How we inherit God. What does it look like? I think that's just me paraphrasing, right? What are we, what are we inheriting? What, is, what does this journey look like? And I think we answered the... The question I was hoping, I said, I hope, I hope we answered the question well. Amen. Okay. So, um, uh, today, I don't know if maybe I will, I'll talk a little bit around that area too. But uh, you never know what the Lord has in store. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So. I'm trusting that the Lord would help us in the word tonight. Um, let me just pray quickly. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. Father, we'll pray tonight for Aota Ima. We pray Aota Ima Maha Faha Imaha Hamsa Helma Hamsa 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 Answer, answer. I want to say an answer, 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 answer. Ima answer, mata answer, 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 answer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my heart of fear. 
I'm answering even more than the question you ask. I'm answering even more than the questions you have. I'm answering even more than the questions you can think of. I'm answering even heart matters. I'm answering heart matters. I'm answering. I'm answering heart heart matters. I'm fixing your comprehension. I'm fixing your order. I'm fixing your mind. I'm fixing your thought process, your thought pattern. I'm rewiring, reconfiguring the way you process, even the way you process spiritual things, even the way you relate with spiritual things, even the way you relate with spiritual things. For you see, much, much more spiritual things should be understood. Stand, it's to, to stand. You should, you should stand even by spirit, even mm. in spiritual things. Mm. Even in spiritual things, you must stand by spirit. You must understand by spirit. You must understand spiritual things with spirit. With spirit, yes, with spirit. Yes. So I will increase your spirit Amen. that you will understand even more spiritual things. Even the keys to spirit is spirit. It's more spirit. Is spirit. Spirit unlocks spirit. Spirit unlocks spirit. Spirit unlocks spirit. So lose your carnal hold. Your carnal hold on things. Lose the way you have understood before. Lose the order which you have understood before. For I am upgrading your mind. Yes. I am upgrading your eyes. Yes. I am upgrading the way the way you think. I am upgrading your manner of understanding. Yes. I am upgrading your manner of comprehension. Yes. That henceforth you will begin to understand spiritual things. Yes. You will begin to comprehend spiritual yes. things. Even by the feeling of the spirit inside yes. of you. Amen. The spirit. Amen. Thank you Jesus. Thank you our Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for for help tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that which you have in mind for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we pray that 
as we go into the word, that you will gather our thought, even around the things you're saying, that you will guide our heart and mind to enter fully into that which you have for us, not just tonight alone, but for us as a people to grow. Help us, Father. Help us, Father. Help us, Father. Help us to rearrange our mind. Help us to settle properly concerning things you are saying. Father, help us to yield our heart fully to you. Whenever we are struggling to fully give it over, that mercy will come tonight to give it all. Thank you, Father. Give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, man, it's like it's like they, they really want us to be spiritual, eh? Yeah. Amen. And I think that's part of what we're talking about on Saturday, yeah. right? Okay. Um, I would go to Isaiah eleven, and I think I'll just I'll start from there, and then we'll see. Amen. I know we've been going around that, but I'm hoping that maybe we'll just be able to find direction from there. Um, uh, okay. So, read, it says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and mind, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding, in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Amen. Uh, and part of the thought that we're looking around this, this chapter is I think the Lord moved us from here into Luke chapter 2, right? And I think that we've been seeing the relationship between this uh, this scripture. I believe this scripture was given more as an entrance, right? And because what the Lord was talking to us is really about things concerning development, how to be developed, right? Um, or the importance of being developed, right? And uh, we understand that being developed is essential to every believer because as Christianity is for to develop people. Right? Christianity is for to develop people. To, to get souls to move from their nation to God's nation. To to be a a nation that God chose, right? To to move into the company 
of a nation that God has chosen. Right? So there must be a shift from where we are before, right, into another place where God is, right? So they want to move us, shift us from uh, our nation, which we, which we have been accustomed to, right? Nations that uh, there's a way and manner of life in there, right? They want to move us to another nation which have a different way of thinking, a different way of life. The manner of life there is totally different. Praise the Lord. Because the manner of life in there talks about kingdom, kingdom life. The manner of life there is kingdom life. Amen. And the thing about moving fully into t- this this nation that we need to move to, right? We're going to move there by being developed. There is what the the new birth does to every believer, right? Get born again. And the moment we are born again, in our spirit, we are categorized or we we gain citizenship. Right? In our spirit, we gain citizenship of the heavenly life. Right? We are citizens of heaven. So, immediately, they change our citizenship to heavenly, heavenly citizens. Right? Which have a different manner of living, which may not necessarily be clear to the soul yet. Right? So the, the, we get born again. The is like it's like it's like someone that moves into another land, right? And all they know is process to gain citizenship. They get it. They don't even know all the benefit of that. In a way, they may know, they may have a glimpse of it, right? But sometimes, when you when you look further about you know, gaining citizenship, right? You they say, for example, some of us that are citizens of Canada now say you are now Canadians. But when you, when they are telling you that, right, you realize that there's something much more than they're talking about than just paper. When they're talking about citizenship, they're taking, telling you about their culture, their belief their lifestyle. They begin to tell you almost like a, an orientation of there's what there's what a Canadian stands for. Right? All that is what is inside the citizenship. So when you become a citizen, they'll be telling you, so you're not ordinary anyway. They tell you, oh so uh, this is this is a beautiful day, you know, you are you know, getting citizenship. It's not an ordinary day, no. Uh, it's it's a day to be joyful. And then I, I can't remember. I think they start telling you about, you know, the, the you know, show you video about the nation. You know, tell you, you know, yeah. um, 
you can sing the national anthem uh what else they start talking about their culture in a way i think i can't remember fully but i, I remember they were talking more about their culture uh in, in a way they kind of they try to explain who a canadian is right so not just in paper there's with that paper comes responsibilities, right? Well, before you even get into citizenship, they'll be educating you. So go and read a book. Okay, go and learn about our history. You can write an exam to know that, okay, you know our history. Then you know what we stand for. You know things about us, right? So, so there's, a, there's a whole knowledge about... I mean, if, 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 if there was nothing about being a Canadian, they would put us through that process. They'll say, okay, okay, now you qualify. All right, apply, pay money. And then take your citizenship. Bye bye. But more when you become a citizen, they they see you as as they as them, right? And then they want to make sure you have their culture. There's a, there's a mind that there's a Canadian mind, right? So there's a Canadian mind which is embedded in their culture, their way of life, right? Which when you are applying, you may not even think about it too much. Right? But when you are moving, they begin to tell you. It's almost like that also, spiritually, in a way whereby we get born again, we become heavenly citizens, but we don't necessarily have the manner of life. Then. We don't necessarily understand the way, the way things are in that, in that place. Amen. So, heaven wants us to, or heaven wants to bring us to a place where we understand the culture, we understand the manner of living, the manner of thinking, right, of that of that world. Amen. And it's a sad okay, let me know, maybe I'm not sure, just that is a is a sad thing whereby we as Christians, most of us, we don't we don't really know things concerning that area, things concerning those sphere, right? What we just do is we get born again, we start serving. No, serving is not even the first thing we do. I mean, we get born again. We don't, even, we don't even understand too much what that means, right? We may not even understand what relationship with God should look like, yeah. right? Which is why it's important to have good foundation where they can be tutored. Whoever is born again, understand what, what it means to be born again, right? And then, uh, will well, I say, start a, a relationship, right, with, with God. And understand what that relationship looks like or is. Amen. Amen. Understanding that which is very essential. Amen. So we, 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 we need to be developed. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at time today. I hope I don't spend too much time. I know we are all tired, so I'll try and, I'll try and speed up and hopefully finish early today. Amen. But uh, those... But one thing is clear, right, is that everyone wants us to be to be spiritual. I'm just jumping now, eh? to be spiritual and understand what it means to to really, really be spiritual, right? To to understand that thing called spirituality. Just what it means to be spiritual, right? We can we can do all kinds of things if we don't understand that. It would it would limit our spiritual journey it will limit how far we can go why because we can we can 
easily assume what it means to be spiritual and I just right and we do all kinds of things assuming okay they are spiritual and then we think okay we've done this thing okay God this is for you Uh, I'm a spiritual person but when you look at the life you realize that there's no there's no much there's no much Mm, how do I put it? There's not much. When you look at the, the soul, there's not much upward movement. Mm. Right? The soul might might know about heaven, you know, talks about heavenly things. Mm. Okay, our goal is to enter heaven, but not necessarily understand the culture and the life in that area. But it takes it takes development to know what true spirituality is. And I think on Saturday I was talking about um a spiritual I mentioned something about a spiritual nature and spiritual activities right I think I mentioned something like that and it's important to know the two understand what they are right because one of the things that we we come around is that we realize that spiritual activities is what we assume to be what we call being spiritual or having a spiritual nature. Amen. And see, being spiritual as a nature, a spiritual nature, is, is a nature of heavenly beings. That's heavenly beings. I'm talking about creation. Right? So it's not, I'm not just talking about angels. I'm talking about a kind of life that people that are placed in the heavens the kind of life or the kind of culture that li- I'm just use the word life that they have. Amen. And you know the heavens, when you talk about the heavens, we can talk about different things regarding that heavens, right? There is the present heaven, right? Which we can talk about where angels are now, right? Where God is. Uh, we can talk about the heavens of the earth because the earth also has its own heavens, right? But those those heavens, they are not. They are like a how do I put it? They are like a a typification or a, or a show of heavens. What heavens are, right? If you want to talk about heavens, you have in Christ there are heavens there. The heavens in Christ is not the one, right? That you see in uh, you see the present heaven. That's not. It is inside Him, and that kind of heaven has its own. As it is a man, that heaven is explained by a manner of life, right? The same way you see in the present heaven, right? You can have certain angels living in a specific heaven. You can also have natures living in certain heavens, right? So the way angels uh, can live in the first, second, and third heaven, inside Christ, you can have different souls that will be developed in such a way that they can move into the heavens inside Christ. And the similar thing between the two heavens here is the, the the let's say the first heaven is characterized by the kind of being that live there, right? 
And those kind of beings, they have the kind, they have a kind of life. So what you call their heaven is really them. If I can put it that way. So so the heavens of the angels of the first heaven, let's say angel of works now. If if you if you move into their heaven, what you see is almost like a there's a manner of life there that they have, which serves as an heaven, right? So I'm, I'm I think I'm trying to put side by side that with heavens in Christ, right? Because the heavens in Christ is also characterized by the kind of life that is inside there. Amen. Amen. So I just don't I mean. Uh, I don't want to you know, talk to. Don't want to move too fast, because I know, you know talking about those heavens, right? I will probably need to do some explanation. Uh, but let me just dial it back a bit, right? In the sense that I'm just to explain that the heavens in Christ, right? That's it. Bless um, be God. Bless uh, be God. Blessed be God, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Right in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that's where I'm fetching that thought from. Right in heavenly places in Christ. So you have heavenly places inside Christ, not just heavenly places as in heavens of the angels. Right. <laughs> so this is inside Christ, heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Right. And when you look at that, what you see there is almost like a manner of of life that explains the heavens inside him. When a soul is developed into to grow and has attain uh, access into the heaven of Christ, that soul will have some heavenly life inside Christ, inside them. Heavenly life that you, that you can find inside Christ, you will find it inside them. Right? Um, but the, 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 whole, the whole summary of what I'm saying pretty much is that aspect of development. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That area of being developed. So we see uh, from you know, this Isaiah 11 um, and then look to how the Lord has been moving us concerning what it means to all, the importance of being developed. But one of the things that we see here is that to be developed, there are, it's, not, it's not something you can just do by yourself. Right? To be developed, there has to be some activity of spirit upon such a soul. The part of what the activity does is to culture a soul into the manner of life of the heaven that they want to bring that soul into. There's, most of the time, we are not yet inside the kingdom. We are outside. But they want to culture us almost like in preparation for, for entrance. Amen. Amen. Now, I think there's one thing I was also seeing earlier is when the scripture says um, you are a, a chosen generation. I mean, can we Second, I think there is there is Exodus Exodus nineteen, right? And then there is um, First Peter three. 
First Peter three, right? Verse one. Oh, is this is a computer. I think it's. Let me check. I think it's First Peter. What does First Peter three say? Okay, that's a good one, Peter. Eh? Okay, let's go to First Peter, chapter two. Okay, can we read from verse? Let's read from verse one to verse nine, actually. So wherefore laying aside all malice, okay, and all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies. And all evil speakers, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the, of the word, word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tested that the Lord, Lord is gracious, gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but choosing of God and precious, ye also as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore, also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builder disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. For ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness on into his marvelous light. Thank you. Amen. So in that verse, I said, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. A peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It says, but it says ye are a chosen generation. Amen. Now this scripture is not just talking about uh it's not just talking about uh what every Christian is by default. Right, it says, "Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood." It's not, it's not all Christians, right at birth, that is a chosen generation, a royal priesthood at the same time. In short, you need to understand what a royal priest really is. A royal priest in itself is talking about a kingly priest, because it's royal, right? So inside there, there's two things there: a kingly priest, right? A royal priesthood, a holy nation right now all these things is talking about different development 
that a dev- that a believer will move into, right? So, f- but before or the first calling of every believer is that they are a chosen generation. How? The same way Israel is a chosen generation. Amen. The same way Israel is a chosen generation. So, and how how is Israel chosen? Israel is chosen out of the Aden. Right? Is that the word? That's the pronunciation. Eden, eh? So, out of the rest of the world, he picked Israel. Israel is not the only nation in the world. Right? The same way every believer is not the only human being on earth. Right? So, there is a way when we get born again, we come into being chosen. But, ah, Okay, I'm trying not to, because this thing now, this thing now, to be chosen is actually specific. Right? There's a, there's a thing about being chosen that is specific, right? Because in verse... In verse... He was talking about the Lord, right? To whom coming and unto a living stone is allowed indeed of men, right? But chosen of God and precious. Right? Chosen of God and precious. Okay, I'm supposed to be teaching foundation, so I'm, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to go too far. But the, this chosen thing, right? When I said chosen earlier, I'm just talking about movement from being an unbeliever which is the rest of the world, to becoming an Israel. Right? But inside Israel are the ones chosen. It's not all Israel that is chosen. All Israel are the people of God. Or you can make it synonymous as children of God. But out of them, you have the ones chosen. It's a generation chosen, not a nation. But ye are a chosen generation. I mean, of course, in nations, you can have generations of people, right? Like, for example, now in this nation, you have the first generation, second generation, third. Now, you we're not having another another generation coming, right? People are giving birth new generations, right? People are generating, 
right? So it's a chosen a chosen generation is is almost like a set out of a, a whole lot of sets, right? You can have because you you know Israel, right? I mean, is it? I think it's Exodus nineteen. Let's read it again, right? I think we should compare where it was first mentioned. Exodus nineteen, right? Verse five. So now, therefore, if you obey my voice, indeed, and keep my covenant, covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and it shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou art, thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Amen. You notice here that when God was talking to Moses, he actually didn't mention a chosen generation here. Did he? Let's see. In verse 1, it says, And in the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came in, came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness. And there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, condition. And keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. Now, see that it says a peculiar treasure. That's the first thing the Lord said, right? But Peter started from the back. Because where 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 the Lord ended, or what the Lord started is a peculiar people, right? Peter ended there, right? And uh, a holy nation, then a peculiar people. So Peter ended with a peculiar people, right? Talked about a holy nation, a peculiar people, right? A chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, and a peculiar people. Chosen generation, a royal priesthood, holy nation, and a peculiar people. Right, but the Lord said, I will make you a peculiar, right? Treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. Now says, and it shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. Right? A kingdom of priests and an holy nation. So these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Right. 
So Peter, by wisdom, was not able to speak, right, and make it clearer, right, what the Lord wants to do with Israel. So the, the I think I'm get, getting a sense of what I'm picking from here and why I'm here, right? Just talking about this peculiarity, right? Uh, I think it was me that, that hit this one. Talking about this peculiarity concerning the things of God. Being, being a Christian is not, is not something you... Okay, okay, I'm not saying we don't have you know, ups and downs and stuff days ahead. But being a Christian is not something that you chose to be when it's convenient. Right? It's not something that you just chose to be today. I'll be a Christian because it's convenient. Right? It's a manner of life. Christianity is a manner of it's a manner of life. Right? Uh-huh. And this manner of life, we must okay. Ah, we must let me just put this simply simply. We must learn this manner of life. Yeah, I was hoping I'll end by nine, but let's see if we get speed. It was looking like I'm extending just, just a bit. Amen. Amen. So Christianity is a manner of life. And we must understand that it is a manner of life. It's not just something you practice like a religion. You don't practice Christianity. You live Christianity. Because you know there's a way the world will say, okay, that one they are practicing this, they are practicing Jews. Mm-mm. You don't practice Christianity. You live. Christianity is a life. It's not, it's not, a, pra- it's not a practice. The life, living it every day. And what's important is that we must connect to the to the giver of the life, or what Christian, the, the one who explains what it means to be a Christian. Amen. Amen. So okay, let me move forward. But so with this peculiarity that they are saying, right? There's a there's a there's a reason why they they try to out explain our journey as Christians, even. Looking at Peter here. Now, he started saying, you are a chosen generation, right? And he said in verse 2 or 3 here, right, and verse 4, it was talking about Christ or the Lord. So, to whom's coming is, right, is as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. So, this chosen of God here, He's talking about somebody the Lord has looked to and has found that this kind of soul I can build my house on. Then he chose it. Amen. So, not every Christian is chosen. But every Christian is Israel. You understand? To be chosen you must it cho- to be cho- ah to be chosen. There must be some development upon the soul. I'm trying to you not know, use some certain words because, <laughs> but let me, maybe I can use this. Maybe it will just cut across and how about it. But I'm mindful of those that might be listening to me for the first time. I may not even, you know have the background of what I'm trying to say, right? 
So, but I was hoping I would just quickly branch and then drop to where I'm going because these are the things we, I believe the Lord will allow us to teach better later. Right? Um, the thing concerning, I guess what I'm, I'm hinting on here is that, is that serial, seriousness around Christianity. Right? It's not something that we'll just do, you know. The thing about Christianity is that maybe uh, you can hide part of your life from others. But to show. Yeah. Look, Christianity is the way all of us are together, everything in hand. Then part of part of what is really, really going on, nobody yeah. will because that one, I think, you know what they, I think Pastor Jeff was talking about that. Then. Why, when you are around, brother, there's a kind of life you show. Or sometimes you can even be quiet and no, you know, and then maybe they start, they don't see my fault. Or maybe we even say things to hide other things. But the funny thing is that see all those things, you go show because this thing yeah. is a life. You can't, you can't fake the life. If you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. It's not a, what's it called? It's not a, and, 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 and the thing about that is that it's, it's just between you and your father. Right? It's between you and your father. So it's not something we just, how do, how do I put it? It's not something to just you know, put, uh, I mean, how do I put it? You know, there's a, okay, let me put it this way. It's not something you just, because that's the life of, the life of Christianity that you are trying to live. It's not something that you, you do half, half, right? Half here, half there. When they are, when they are telling me what I want to hear, Okay, maybe I will. If you are not, I will. Look, no, no, there's a there's a way we, we can escape. Yeah. You know. No, so, no. Some, sometimes we don't even ask for advice, yeah. right? From when we know that you already know what the person you're going to ask, you know what they are going to say in a way. Yeah, but yeah. we won't go. We won't talk to them because yeah. we want to go and talk to somebody that will tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. So you can, even souls can be dodging. Okay, maybe tell this one half information. So that they can tell me what I want to do, or tell this other one another half information. Okay, allow all those things, right? It's, it's, it's just still talking about the the life outside the life of God. All those things is is because such a thing is a is a life of gain, right? Gain in the sense that if you want your own gain, right? Because your own gain is what you want to do. You want to do it, you will gain something. If you want your own gain. You, you won't really practice Christianity as it should. Because one of the things that Christianity would demand from you is to let go of your own gain and your own self, your life. Right? And that gain is where... No gain is different things. Right? My gain could be my job. My gain could be... I'll gain at get more money somewhere. Gain could be... What else? I want to marry, or uh, that one is very important. That one is very that one. That, I think that marry one is one that is very. How do I put it? Is where things show where. In the sense that the way when the heart knows, I want this one, but I don't want, no pastor to say, no. So, what will come with all our conviction? So, pastor. So this is this is the reason why. No, the Lord has chosen this. We are saying this with, with, with boldness. And the reason for saying with that boldness is, don't tell me no. 
the Lord has spoken to me. You know, that you can, can be like that. But there's a way, I mean, it's not, there's not, there's, I mean, how do I put it? It's just, the thing is just where the heart is. Where it's, the heart is not looking for its own gain. That's just it. Right? There's nothing wrong in, you know, finding a life partner or there's nothing wrong in getting a job or what else? What else do we do again? Buy house, uh, buy car. What else do we do? Uh, Eh? Invest, okay. <laughs> we can invest too, right? Just one thing about Christianity is see that heart must be pure. That's just the thing. Anybody that is pure, sincere, or let me use the word sincere, they'll be able they will journey. You know, sometimes we don't want our 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 fault to be pointed out, so we try to dodge sometimes. It happens. But all these things is what heaven is demanding. You want, you want to grow. You want to be a Christian. Okay. Die to yourself now. Okay. Don't be afraid of being rebuked. Don't be afraid of being uh, corrected. Like the scripture says, right? And then what the scripture says here in that chapter 2 again, where it started from is that wherefore laying aside all malice, all guile, and progression and strife, and all evil speaking, as, as newborn babes, Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now see that sincerity and growth, they tie to each other, they tie, they are tied together. Right? Anybody that is sincere will grow. Anybody that is sincere with their spiritual life will grow. So as newborn desire the sincere milk. But because it is sincere milk that can grow believers, right? Because of time, I think I spent enough time here a bit, but I just I just wanted to explain that area of you know just the seriousness around Christianity in a way, right? Whereby we, t- we take it serious, right? Let's not be anky panky about it. Let's just be plain. Let's live the life. If we have fault, let let it be easily seen so that help can come, right? In short, the company of believers is a company of faults. It's not a it's not a perfect company, it's a company of four. They're all different different faults. I mean this is why we are all hearing what is because there's something the Lord wants to admit. <laughs> I mean if we are perfect, why why would we be here? Right? It's because the company of believers is a company of fault, all kinds of fault. Right. So part of it is not show the show the fault, show the shame, it's okay. If help will come, let help come. Right? So that it will be easy. In that kind of when you are free like that, help can come easily to you. But you are not afraid to to you know to show um, be who you are. And then as you as you are seeing, the Lord will be you know, using different different means to, to grow the soul, right? But what's important is we should be sincere. So have the desire the sincere make of the word. Okay, so that's that's a kind of feeding for a babe that will may grow thereby. Now, one of the things that you were saying, I think I, I was going to pick from it, but I kind of, kind of, because of time, I'm, the way I'm rushing, is that for us, you also as living stones are built up a spiritual house. Now, being built up a spiritual house is what it means, right? An holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices, right? To God. So spiritual sacrifice is acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Meaning that 
It's not everything they believe. Ah, because of newborn believer. I don't want to discourage their hearts. Because I want because this thing is it's not everything that the soul offers to God and the Lord accepts. Right? If you check it, there may be things you offer to God for yourself. Right? Maybe you are praying about a job. Maybe you are praying about a car, a house, a husband, a wife, different different things, right? You can pray those kind of things and answer may come, right? But that doesn't mean that that is what God accepts. The Lord might hear your prayer. He could answer it. But it's different from a sacrifice the Lord accepts. That sacrifice that the Lord accepts is talking something specific to God. Right? Which God himself accepts. That accept is, he take it for himself. I accept this thing. It's like me giving you something, and then you take it, I accept this one. Right? So there's what the Lord accepts. And it's not, and what the Lord accepts is not just anything. Number one, what the Lord accepts must be spiritual. It must be spiritual. Right? If what the Lord accepts must be spiritual, ah, it means that without being spiritual, you can't, you won't be able to offer what the Lord accepts. Right? And I'm seeing something here in the sense that what the Lord accepts is spiritual, right? Who offers it must be spiritual. And it is it what we actually what the Lord what the Lord accepts is actually what is being offered. Right? Now, what is being offered is or let me put it this way. Romans Romans made it clear. Romans, Romans twelve, right? Declare to us that we, we ought to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Right? Mm-hmm. So that you might be able to. So what does what it say? say uh, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, that He present your, your body as a living sacrifice. But that body then is not just the physical body alone. Right? You know you have a spiritual body. Right? Your soul is a body. Right? Your soul is a body. Your body, physical body is a body. You also have a spiritual body. Right? So your soul is also a kind of body. You get what I'm saying? It says that he has ears, he has nose, he has eyes, he has mouth. Just like you are, physically. Your spirit also has ears, eyes, and all those things. Man is a very complex machine. I don't even know. See, the only thing that can say, if you try to understand it with mental something, it's going to be crazy. The only thing that makes it clear is scripture. When it comes to that man thing. In short, it's like God made man to explain how miserable he himself is. 
I mean, have you have you thought of how how is God is Christ is Holy Spirit? That's one too. I mean, without the Word, we can't understand it. If not because the Scripture made it clear to us, you'll be wondering. You'll be so confusing. How can you be God? You are also Jesus. You are also Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. Are you three? You sure that's what some people are fighting today? Yeah. God is not three. God is one. We know He's not three. He's one. But there's a reason why the scripture separated these things. It's not just for for fun, right? And it's not a mistake. There's a reason why it's like that. If if the scripture doesn't separate them, we we'll understand God, right? And understand how he is. The same way if the word doesn't separate man. Just imagine trying to understand man by just knowing the body, not knowing the soul or the spirit. Because all you'll be dealing with is just the physical body. And you'll be wondering, how can I, how can I, maybe it's a problem, you're trying to solve a problem. Mm. And this thing, if you don't have insight into souls, mm. you can't get to the root of the problem. Wow. Why? Because what the body might be displaying mm. may be totally different from the real issue in the heart. Wow. The other will just say something. Until yeah. you now ask question, mm. wait, come. Yeah. What, is it really this, okay, what about, and then you now realize, and the person is talking is like it's, it's like is you are is without spirit you can't understand a, a man. Yeah. As the person is talking and maybe you are just just that you can you can be having insight into their soul. Mm. And they're okay, okay. Ah this might be where the issue is coming from. Mm. Okay, why don't we do it this way? Mm. Okay, don't 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 always think maybe they are saying that they are sad and, and then and the issue can just be that they just think all about themselves. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, no, wait, see. Just be selfless. Mm-hmm. But now try imagine imagine somebody, a, a therapist trying to cure, trying to cure somebody that is depressed. And they don't know the, the, the reason for the depression. You can, the truth about that is that the people that deal with depression, mm-hmm. they need insight into soul. Mm-hmm. If not, it's just drug they'll be giving people. Mm-hmm. And there's you know what the and the funny thing about drug is that it is temporary. Yeah. Temporary. In short, it's also another, another money-making scheme for the pharmaceutical company. Why? Because the drug, you always be on it. No drugs, it goes into your system, right? When it goes into your system, it has, your system will process it. And after a while, it will go out of your system. Once it goes out of your system, that's the end. Then you have to take it again. So that's why you have to, I mean, all the drugs you take, right? You have to take it every four, four hours, right? You have to take it every, for example, at view, you have to take it every four, four hours, six, six hours. Abby? Four to six hours. Right? And each time you're taking a drug, the body is regaining the effect. Because they know that after four to six hours, the thing will wear off. So that's it. So drugs can't solve the problem. You need to get to the root of the soul. Move into the soul. Okay, what is, is causing this? Thing? Sometimes it's just that maybe the soul is just applying hard to something, thinking too much about something. They are thinking maybe they can even think about things just selfishly, right? Not thinking about others. Thinking about that the whole world rests on them. 
oh, this is my this is my problem is too big. It's not that big. Right? It just sit and magnify things. Yeah. Right. So you need insight into soul to understand yeah. the soul, to be able to address the soul, to be able to get to the root of the soul. But I think let me just try and mention this. Let me move forward. It says in that verse, that verse five. I see you also are living. Okay, a spiritual sacrifice so that present your body. So like I was saying, it's not just a physical body because you can't just present this. Of course. To present your body, it has to involve your natural body in the sense that it is your physical self you used to do what the Lord will command. Right? So present yourself as a living sacrifice. So what the Lord accepts is the thing that's doing the thing. If that, if that makes sense. So is the so, if you can present your body as a living sacrifice, means you offer yourself to God consistently. Meaning that we will be offering ourselves such that God can accept us. Amen. And like I said, it's not for, for the Lord to accept someone like that, that so must have been developed to be a sacrifice. And it must be developed to be spiritual or to be a spiritual sacrifice. If it's not developed to be a spiritual sacrifice, the Lord can God can't accept it. So it must be developed, which is why I'm, I'm also emphasizing again being developed spiritually. See, there's believers should just be see, nothing, nothing is as important as being developed. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Are you saying that your life is important? Yes. Do you have to get a house, car, husband, wife? Yes. But not, not, none of those things is as important as being developed. Sometimes we want to run ahead. Right? Get something that we are not built for. Right? But it's just... But the, the truth of the matter is that that thing will be mishandled. Sometimes we don't think about it. Imagine, imagine a baby. Imagine just my daughter now. Just give her to drive our car. Number one, she won't even be able to drive it. Let's say she has developed even to some level where she can drive the car. But let's say she's like five. So her leg will be able to touch the pedal. Right? And hold the steering. But if you give her a car, she, she'll kill herself. In case we are wondering, what's the importance of growing up spiritually? Just that picture, just depicts it, right? Just depicts it. Why it's important to be developed before going to handle things, and the Lord is very careful about that. If the Lord calls someone, the problem is that most of the time we run ahead of Him to go and be doing things. Why, when the Lord calls someone, the first thing the Lord starts looking at, how can I develop them to be able to handle what I've called them for? Simple. That's why God starts things small. He doesn't start it big. Have you ever seen anything that the Lord started that was, that was at, in, its, in its initial phase was just huge? 
If something happens like that, I would be weary of it. Because the law, the law doesn't check history. The law doesn't do things like that. Small, small. You build. Even check the, the way the church has been growing generally. It's small, small. You add this one. Add that one. First of all, give us uh, the message of being born again. There was a lot of things that we had initially, right? But over time, it was lost. The Lord still didn't go ahead with the body like that. The Lord need to restore those things. Okay, because they are important. So, and those things are essential for development, right? So, for example, there was a time that nobody, right, believed that faith is a serious thing. There was a time faith was nothing. People don't, all people know is carry Bible, read it, preach it, Nothing that, when you talk about the attitude of faith, nothing. Okay, there was a time, right, that there was nothing like real Christianity like Holy Ghost. There was nothing like Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost was imagine the time that Rome took over Christianity, right? The, the Catholics came in, right? After a while. Some people began to use that system. They used it wrongly. Rome is a terrible something, right? They use it. It's power. Roman power. Yeah. Then they they began to use the church as a power over the people. They took the scripture away. They gave it only to the priest. The church became a political uh, arrangement for their own gain, right? There must be a reason why they used it. Why didn't they use their own manpower? Why did they use the church? Because, yeah. Yeah. If you want to be powerful, go and use the army now. But they are not using army. Yeah. They are using the church. It's, they must have seen the power of the church, Christian religion, the power of what words can do to the mind of people. Yeah. Right? They were... They were aware. So they had to, they began to use it, right? To emphasize power over the people. But the, the thing is that the Lord had to come in. So during that time where you know, the Catholics came in and all those things, we lost a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. Right? So when, when certain things came out of the, uh, of the Catholics, you have Later, like the Anglican, the Presbyterian, the um, Baptist, you know, all those things are different, 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 different things that the Lord was was pretty much adding, right? And so when you look at them, some of them were elementary principles, right? Baptist, Presbyterian, no Presbyterian is leaning on of hands, you know, you know, a Presbyterian, uh, Lutheran, Lutheran, you know, the Lutheran Church was 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 kind of you know, Lutheran was not who sit in the foundation, right? As a name, right? Like the Baptist, like the Presbyterian, like but Lutheran was Luther, right? That Luther came, which, which which was which mark like almost like the restoration, the beginning of the restoration of faith. Say so you just read something in scripture, they just shall live by faith. That was it. Do you mean they just shall live by faith? He said, no, they must give all of us Bible to read. Mm-hmm. Right? All of, 
everybody fought. They said, no, they can't, just, they can't just carry the Bible by themselves and hide it. Everybody must have Bible. Right? So he said, they just read it, just shall live by faith. So almost like that. And then later, when you have found that the again, with the Lord now told, that go and teach my people faith. And it's in that season, you now see a whole restoration of the of the faith move or the what we have the faith movement. All these things the Lord was just adding to the body. The Lord didn't skip. Which means that the Lord is very particular about our development. Which which we also must be particular about our growth. We should be we should be growth focused as Christians. Yes, you live your life, you go to church, you serve, right? All those things. But we must be growth focused. That's the thing. I think I'll try and round up it. But let me just talk a little bit around what I was saying. But the key thing is it must be growth focused. Abby? So we now see here in the, the scripture that says that to offer spiritual sacrifices, right? Right, and then we began to talk again uh, in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion. Okay, now we began to talk about, uh, began to talk about the. It's like I lay in Zion, right? It's still talking about. It's, it's almost like another way of talking about chapter nine. Mm-hmm. Sorry, verse nine. Mm-hmm. Right, I lay in Zion a stone. Right, uh, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. See the word they use here is elect, not chosen, right? Because chosen, being chosen and being elect are two different things, right? But I'm not going to talk about them today because of uh, where I'm going. But it's just a way of talking about spiritual growth still. So when I got to verse nine, I said, "But yeah, a chosen generation, a chosen generation, is he who has been developed by the Holy Spirit." For you to be chosen, to be a chosen one, a chosen generation, you must be developed by the Holy Spirit. You must be full of the Spirit. Amen. When you are full of the Spirit, there's what that thing does to the mind. is 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 like a groundwork for reorientation to gain. To be open to the culture of the chosen generation. There's a culture the chosen generation have. Imagine that word. When you hear the word chosen, it's like, okay, we chose you for something. It's like all those secret cults. Say you have a star, we chose you. Come. You're not like everybody else. You are chosen. Come, let's choose you. Now, when they choose them, they introduce them to something. Right? So, yeah, but. It says, ye are a chosen generation because they are being chosen for to begin to see something afresh in their development. In all phases of development. So, Holy Spirit will walk upon a soul and keep walking and keep walking upon a heart to the point where they are fully developed to be chosen. Before you are chosen, you are outside the court. So we are looking at the way the Lord set the temple, right? So he set the outer court. But before the outer court, like Rebel will say in uh, 
temple of Solomon, there are courts. Before you get to the outer court, before you now get to the holy place, then most holy. Right? But even if you look at the arrangement in Exodus, uh, Numbers, right? There are courts, actually. The courts, you can, you can see them as the tents of every family. There's the tent where different every family stay, which is different from where the court, where the temple is, or the tabernacle. In the tabernacle, you now have the outer court there, which is referred to as the inner court. I think it's Solomon's temple, I believe, if I'm right. right? So you have the outer court. It's outer if you are if you are if you are coming from the inside of the temple of the temple itself, so you have the outer court. Right? We can call it inner court if you are coming from the people. Then you have because you have courts, then you have the inner one. So it's when you are coming from outside, you see the inner one. But if you're already in the temple, you, you call it the outer court. Right? Depending on where you are at. Amen. So someone must be chosen to be outside. And when you begin to see those that are outside the court, once in a while, the people can come to offer sacrifice. The king can come. Right? The king is the head of the people. So when you're seeing how the Lord separates them, so you have a royal soul. If that soul stays in the outer court, it can become a royal priesthood or levy. Levy has access to the priesthood, right? So God chose Levi out of Israel to be a priest unto him. Levi is chosen, right? Now, I don't want to talk too much about this thing, but I think that's just this chosen area. Is See, when Levi is chosen, it, Levi was chosen to come inside. It's the journey of a believer too. Why? Because a believer must be called to come inside or chosen to come inside. Which is why or when is with when is trying, when a soul is growing to become spiritual, it must be chosen. So when it's chosen, it can become spiritual. But before a soul becomes spiritual, it must be exposed to spiritual activities. Which is the which is when your spiritual activities. It's not necessarily what you yours and I call spiritual activity that is spiritual activities. Do you know what we call spiritual activities? Going to church. Is fasting and praying. Be a prayer warrior. When you pray from morning to night, you're a spiritual person. When you read your Bible, pray, you're a spiritual person. Right? But spiritual activities beyond that. However, those things are needed. You have to go to church because there's a reason for that. It's to help you. Right? Part of it is to help you and I to keep spiritual activities 
around us. Spiritual activities are the things that the spirit bring, activities that the spirit bring upon his soul. So for example now, if you are walking on the street and all of a sudden the spirit move upon you and move you to pray, that's a spiritual activity. Right? It's, a, it's an activity. Because the Holy Ghost activates. Ah, okay. Make you, let's make you pray now. Pray. Or just have a, a desire to read your Bible. Ah, just open Bible, begin to read from, from beginning to end. That's a spiritual activity. Right? It's an initiated. If, if, even if you don't have Holy Ghost upon you, just ah, let me read my Bible. Begin to read it with sincerity, with intention, with seriousness, right? You are engaged in the spiritual activity, right? Which, and the spiritual activity will open you up into the world where things of God can easily flow to you to make you spiritual. Amen. So we need to be made spiritual. Uh, and I'm separating, you know, because you get born again, you pray and read your Bible from what it actually means to be spiritual. Because I want to give a sense of movement or development. That you don't just, because all these things, how do I put it? All these things are are needed, are essential for our spiritual growth, right? So that we don't just play with them as they are. It so must be a spiritual, must be, well, let me put it this way, a, a, a believer must be spiritually inclined. But you can't be spiritually inclined if all you think about are your things. Right? My car, my house, my rent, my school, my what else? Job, my money, my 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 my. Why? Those the thought of your things will be the thing that is active within your heart. What about praying? What about reading your Bible? When you read your Bible, how long does does the desire even take? Maybe when you're reading your Bible, just it's, it's, it has now become a routine. I'm trying to read my Bible. It's good that you're trying also. Right? I'm, just, ah, I'm trying to read my Bible every day. Almost becoming like a religious thing. Should you read your Bible every day? Yes. But with intention. Why? If, every, if we are all struggling to read our Bible, it means that something is off. What is off? It means that everything else in our life is taking priority. Okay. Do I have, do I have to, do I have to so for example, let's say for some of us that work now that don't that don't, okay, we don't want the business we, we work, right? Okay, I have to wake up early so that I'll get ready and go to work. Eh, what about waking up early so you can read your Bible? So but we want to sleep and enjoy uh, and then wake up and then go to work and run. Okay, ah, 
Okay, why do you need to read your Bible? You know that the Lord is not going to speak to you outside the word. The Lord can talk to you, but the safest way for him to talk to you is through the word. And the Lord knows that. Right? So, we don't just... See, all this struggling with reading Bible, they're just, just this thing is very simple. Priority. Just simple as that. What's your, what's your priority? That's one. Two, how, what is it? When you talk about your relationship with God, what is it really? Are you trying to please God by reading your Bible? Or you're just reading your Bible to know Him? There are two different things. You know, sometimes when we wake up, ah, let me read my Bible so I don't feel bad. Or so that God does not feel bad. You know, there's a way we think, we think that when we read our Bible, God is not angry at you. It's not, it's not God that needs... <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's not God that needs to be pleased. The reason why you need to read your Bible is for yourself. Simple. So it's not when we read our Bible now, it's not we're not you're not making God happy because you read your Bible. You are you when you read your Bible, you have a means to grow. Let me put it that way. You have a means to grow. Right? You have a means to fellowship. Don't carry Bible to go and fulfill all righteousness so that, okay, let me make God happy today. God, you know, we don't necessarily say it out of our mouth, but it's, it's the attitude. You just carry, I read five minutes, okay, yes. Lord, I read my Bible today before I went out. And, ah, God's not angry again. But when you check the soul, not not no spiritual impartation, nothing. It was, it was just activity, right? An activity that is, is I won't even call it. Yeah, that's a spiritual. That's, should we call it spiritual activity? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that I also round up because I said nine, but now it's almost nine thirty, eh? and we're all tired. So I want to today. I said, let me begin. Let me let me. Make us relax a bit. But thank God for... See, all these things, reading our Bible, praying, engaging ourselves in spiritual activities, all those things, right? They have the, there's what it does to the soul. In the sense that it is really to elevate the soul into a world, right? It is not... How do I put it? It is not just what we are doing to please God. Like, one of the things that, I mean, part of that interpretation was talking about the way, is the way we, we think concerning things, right? The way our mind has been wired and framed. Without the purification of thought by the word, that mind will remain. It's okay. In short, um, is that put it? Okay, there's something I was going to say, but I don't know if it applies here. But the thing is being becoming spiritual to be to be spiritual is not to engage ourselves in spiritual activities is not difficult. 
what it means, most importantly, is one, the priority. Where God, where the place where God takes in the heart. Two, our positioning. Where we are positioned spiritually. Right? If in your heart, the things you do is more important than your relationship with God, you will struggle. Because you will always find it difficult to, to connect. In, is it connect? You'll find it difficult in your heart to, to be positioned in such a way that it's almost like an open heaven over the soul. I don't know if I call it open heaven. There's a there's a there's a grease, there's an oil of being just being positioned. It doesn't have, you don't have to feel any supernatural something. You don't have to feel anointing or anything. It's just the way the heart is positioned and framed. Right? Concerning the things of God. If God is not the first thing in the heart, it shows. I'm not talking about, okay, I'm just talking about, let me put it this way. When I say, it shows in the way in what the person saw themselves into. Do you understand? What someone sows themselves into shows clearly what's priority in the heart. Okay, you won't say that the Lord is of priority. And then you sow yourself into something else. Okay. You love God. Alright. So, you watch movies. Right? I'm not saying we should not watch movies again now. So, you watch movies. You you hang out. <laughs> for husband and wife, well, I mean, that one is kind of, but for husband and wife, I mean, you talk to your husband, you talk to your wife. For those in the relationship, you are always on the phone. I remember those times, right? <laughs> Always on the phone. I want to talk. To, I want to, okay, okay. Well, yeah, now let's talk to God. Why is that one struggling? Why is that one that you know they don't have to carry power? Is it power? And shook you and power, power. What's that thing that they used to divide people that fit? Is it the faith? Defibrillator or something. Why is it that when it comes to the things of God, you know there's no strength, nothing. But okay. Can you build a business? You see the soul. Okay. Can you work for money or save? Okay, the soul. Okay. Can you? Okay. Let's say you don't even like your job. But you want money. Can you go to school? Even though you don't like school. Just so you can make more, you can make more money because you get this job. We know you don't like it too, but can you? The person will get peacefully, put, subject themselves to pain to go through school, then graduate, then be making big money. Okay, yeah, read. Just read your Bible. <laughs> you see problem. And the school thing, you know, the soul that wants to go to school. Right, the soul can go to school for three, four years. But you, I mean, even for some of us that went to go and read engineering, by the time we are reading engineering, we know, you know there's something types of engineering at that time. 
Like, ah, but the Lord scattered all those things for me, man. It was painful. My granddad as an engineer, I could not work as an engineer. There must be something. I, I'm still trying to figure out what the Lord see in that thing that did not allow me to. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll understand it. I want to know what's there now. I, but somehow I still have the training. Sometimes the way I arrange things, you know. Sometimes, I, ah, okay, that's engineering, no. Maybe the way I put, arrange, no. Just the planning I do in how I arrange maybe boxes or tunnels. That's okay, okay. okay how this shape, you know, there's some, still some engineering mind there, but I was like, oh God, why, why didn't you allow me work as an engineer? Okay. okay maybe, maybe it's because of what you wanted me to do. No problem. But there's, but there's one thing all of us liked. We went to school so that, we know that engineers, one of the things that the base salary of engineers when you graduate is 50 to 60K. Most professions don't have that. So, when you graduate as an engineer, it's almost like, ah, I'm an engineer. Because the only, the, the other people around them are nurses. Like engineer, nurse, doctors. But, but when you now see all those science, um, art, or the other, other, other ones, they don't make more, it's like they, they don't make more money, but maybe, I don't know about accounting and business and all those things, maybe, maybe there's a prestige to them too, and so on. But, but one thing is clear, there's a, there's a class to engineering, nursing, medicine, all those, there's, there's, there's some professions you know, once you graduate, you make money. So when you graduate, you have to be like 30,000 per year, and then you start, you start find your way and grow from there. Right, but a soul will be willing to subject themselves to school. But okay, now give, give God your heart. They're not asking for too much. They're just saying that in your in your being, in your existing, can God just be the priority? Simple. If God can be the priority. Then take that into everything else. But we as people, we I don't know, we always get it backwards. We try to we put ourselves into everything else, and then later we just try to make room for God somehow. Now, this thing I'm saying does not mean that you read your Bible every day. I mean, read your Bible every day, you know what I'm saying? Right. But can, can God be the priority inside that? That's just, that's just what everyone is asking for. Right? Can God be the priority? So, with the way you make judgment and the way you the way you or the way the, the soul excuse me the way the soul apply itself to things right? can God be the, the thinking pattern by default? Right? Most of the time we put God aside. We have gone, we've done everything we want to do. Then later we now remember God. Ah, God, let me go and pray about it. But while we are applying, doing everything, we've already calculated, we've already, we've already planned. I know that God gave us brain, yes. But can you use the brain spiritually? You understand? Every, and the funny thing about life is that every single thing that we do. It does not matter what it is. It's a spiritual decision. It is. 
okay, you want to go to school. It's a spiritual decision. You want to get a job. You want to... Okay, I want to work two, three jobs. It's a spiritual decision. Right? No, before we not think about it as a spiritual decision. Yeah. Why? Because I want to work two, three jobs. What would I do? I'll get more money. Money in my bank. I mean, uh, if I do two jobs, I'll get... Maybe one will pay me 30, another one will pay me 35, you know, add it together 60. More money. The soul can sow itself into such a thing, right? But, okay. Now, do you do you have time for God or anything? Nothing. Are you, hey, the question is, are you, are you alive to God? Can you grow to the point where that voice of God is clear to you? You know, that voice thing, eh? It is grow too. But we are, we are all comfortable with the little one we think. And the funny thing about it is that the more you grow, the more you descend the other ones. Ah! In this area, it was not really God. It was me. But maybe because of your level, you might be thinking it was God as at that time. And it's okay. Right? Ah, this is okay. It's God. It's God. But you may not know that no, that thing is not God. That thing is either your emotion that feels like, and the funny thing about the emotion is that Satan, because the emotion lies. Yes, Satan can pour oil on it to make you think it's God. Oh, sorry, I kicked it. It's me that kicked this thing. Right? Satan can pour oil on your emotion to make you feel that what you are doing is God, right? But not necessarily, it may not necessarily be. And that's the reason why we must keep growing, right? Development is important. I'm trying to round up. Ah, time has gone. So, the thing is that there must be migration, right, from outside or from the court into the outer, or we must be chosen. How can we be chosen? We must be chosen when we show our desire, our desire for God. We can be chosen. How? See that our desire for God, right, flows into all that you release yourself for the Holy Spirit to use you for. Right? Like desiring for more of God. Or to be baptized. Right? All those things. Then using all the baptism, the oil. Learning to use the oil within you. That's a practice that believers should be doing every day. How can I, how can I perfect this? You know, different, different. I'm not talking about just the initial stage of you know, Christianity where we grow. Right from, how can I perfect hearing the voice of God? How can I perfect my desire and you know? And this, I don't know. Some this thing is not hard. Honestly, I'm just saying that it's not hard. Yes, the journey may be tough, but the decision that needed to be made is not hard. It's not a hard thing. It's just the way we apply our heart. There's a way we've seen, especially, and the funny thing is that the culture we grow in frame our mind. Right? For example, now, if you grow up in Nigeria and you grow up in Canada, you think, both souls will think differently. But both souls can think heavenly. When the two souls are heavenly framed, they will think the same way. It doesn't matter which culture, but the thing is that we can be using our culture and our predisposition for our Christianity. 
for the, what the Lord is just asking for is just, can you desire to be spiritual? Can you desire to be developed? Amen. To be, we need to be developed and be, continue to be developed and continue to be developed because it's essential to our inheritance in God. Amen. Nothing is as important. Nothing. I say it again. Nothing is as important as our spiritual development. Just see, when you position, when you reposition your life this way, right? You see now see that it's not difficult to read your Bible. It's not difficult to pray. It's not difficult to go to work and still be alive to God. Right? Why? Because while you are going through all those things, the Lord is is at the is is not at the back of your mind. The Lord is is within you, within your mind. The Lord is the Lord is involved in all the decisions you are making, in all the things you are thinking. Right? The life of God is around it. So you are not. It's not as if you are too far. Right? Is a repositioning spiritually, and that's it. Amen. I don't know why I'm talking like this today, Sharon. You know, the Lord, the Lord knows, Amen. Because I, I, I think just uh, being spiritual, and one of the thing is, if we want to give ourselves to spiritual activities, we must be the friend of the Spirit of God. Can the Holy Ghost be your friend? When I say be your friend, can the Spirit of God be your? I put it, your pal. Right? When I say be your pal, not just in a not in a low way. Right? In a low, what I say low in low oil. Can it be? Can the oil of the spirit be abundantly available to you? Of course, for that to be available, it must be growth conscious. It must be. Now, again, this thing I meant to say also, like. Let's not assume that just because you know you you go to church and you serve in, in one of the ministries, you are, you know what else? Um, because you uh, do a lot of things in the church, that alone buys you, gets you a buy into being chosen, or gets you a buy into becoming more spiritual. No. Is it good to serve? Yes, please, by all means, do that. But first, there must be the the there must be the the surrender to the Lord within the heart. Your all, your life, all that must be given, and you must inwardly have a sense of development, of being developed spiritually, right? You must have that sense. While you go about to do all the things that you do. Right? There's reason for us to serve all those things that we do. You know, being under authority, there's what that will do to you. All those things, they are good. But first of all, don't confuse doing that as what makes you somebody that is engaged in spiritual activities. You can do all that, do and then, when they check inside of you, you don't have much. Right? When it comes to doctrine or life, not much. But you can serve where you can do. <laughs> but what did that take you? Okay. Outside all these things. Oh yeah. 
live. Because we can tie our spiritual growth to those things. But the moment we do that, we've short change. Is it short change? We've limit how far we can go until maybe something comes, begin to restructure the mind, to begin to move the mind, to think, to be, to think about this. And the Lord, the Lord has a way to do even do that. There's a way to create hunger. So sometimes you can, like I was saying, was it last week? You can cause us to suffer some loss. Just so that they can get our heart. And most of the time, when a when soul has suffered loss, that's the time that the soul is most open to things spiritual. I don't know why it's like that. Sorrow is somehow, I mean, or pain, sometimes that just kind of opens the heart to the world, to the spirit world. I don't know why that happens, but this is what it is. So I want us to just, I don't know if I preached this message well today, but that will help us. But I want us to just give heed to spiritual development and understand what it means to be spiritual. When we do that, there's a way our, I guess understanding that there's a way it repositions us and then our mind, there's a way you begin to think. When you are thinking development, 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 there's a way the mind begins to think. There's a way the, the, the frame is to when it begins to journey towards God. But our heart must be positioned first in such a way that God takes the first priority in our life. That God takes priority. He takes the first place. And everything else can be rearranged around it. So that position is very essential. If we must grow. Imagine Jesus. Like I said, that the Spirit rests upon him and works strong in his spirit. The grace of God was upon him, they say, and uh, was filled with wisdom. What, what, what do you think he might not have been doing all the day of his life? Is he just is he just thinking just about carpentry? No, is that that was happening? Is that like, if all he was thinking about carpentry or playing soccer? Do you think he would be who he is? For him to be arguing with the men in the synagogue in the temple, that shows the seriousness. Of, he must be studying scripture now. He has been studying the scripture. While he was doing carpentry and everything, he still found time to show himself to the things of the Spirit. I'm just going to ask God tonight for grace to choose him first. That wherever in our heart we've not chosen him, we've not, we have not yet decided to chose him, we've not chosen him first. Can we begin to pray for help for to choose him? For to choose God so that we can be chosen. Can we pray that wherever we are weak in our heart, in our mind, concerning the law, wherever we have not fully surrendered, that heaven will supply grace for us to choose Him, for to make Him the priority of our life, that the law will be, will be the first choice. Grace for to see him first. To see him. To see him. To see him. To see him. To see him first in everything. Be it you know, our relationship, our, our friends, our relationship with our friends, 
be it our job, career, whatever, whatever it is that may seem like what we need, can we pray that we receive help to just choose God first, to position ourselves spiritually first, for to be developed and to position ourselves to seek, to seek things heavenly, to seek things, to seek things spiritual, to seek things, to seek being spiritual, to seek the spirit, to give ourselves to the spirit. To, to, to show ourselves for more baptisms. Thank you, Father. Give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise tonight. We thank you, Father, for how you've helped us in your word, even for the word tonight. We say we exalt the Lord in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that that which you've said tonight to reposition our heart to choose you first. Father, that as we even live from here, your spirit will begin to walk upon our heart, that we will not lose the impartation and the impartation of your word tonight. In the name of Jesus, Father, that wherever we are struggling to choose you, that I pray for grace to make the decision to surrender all to you, to, to yield ourselves, to think of you first, to prioritize you, for to receive life, life in abundance, to receive more because you're not just teaching us these things for just teaching sake. We know you have an intention in your heart, and it's to pour all that you are into us. And I will pray that whatever decision we need to make for the flow of you into us to begin, that you will cause our hearts to make that decision. In the name of Jesus, Father, whatever grace is needed to yield, when you need to apply wisdom and you know make changes in our land, rearrange things, Lord, that you will give grace for us to rearrange, to choose you in the name of Jesus. Father, and for those that are just say maybe I just want to desire you more, I don't think I have enough hunger, but I will pray that you baptize them with your hunger. In the name of Jesus. And Father, wherever we are struggling in being sincere with you, Lord, that you will give grace for us to, to yield to you and just surrender it to you. Surrender our life, our heart to you. To be honest with you in all that we do. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.